Yeah, Jesus, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, and I thank you that yeah, we are able to have your Holy Spirit living inside of us and that yeah, we are able to just yeah, learn from your word and not just to be able to read it, but also to be able to live it out. Um, and I thank you so much that yeah, it's accessible to us and that we're able to just yeah, be able to share our faith with others and also yeah, just learn more about you, God, and know you more through your word. And yeah, I thank you that we're able to come together tonight. Um, and I just pray that, yeah, we'd yeah, know you more when we leave and that we'd also be able to just, yeah, share a little bit more about yeah, your goodness in our lives uh, with one another. Uh, and, yeah, and I just pray that we'd build faith within uh, one another, that we'd encourage one another in the word and build each other up. Uh, thank you, Father, for the experience and, um, in this room, God. Yeah, so many different stories of yeah, your goodness and your faithfulness right here. And I just, yeah, I want to give you glory for all of that, God. I don't know what it has looked like but i just yeah thank you that you have remained faithful good and true so yeah we just want to lift this time up to you lord just have your way amen amen amen, amen. awesome thank you so how's everyone's week um oh before get started it's for anyone who's new wyoming guys i've been here uh this is really open forum you just interrupt and chat and maybe we'll get through a verse or two and then two hours will go by but uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> So yeah, we have a have a general theme and topic every week, but uh it's really for yeah, questions, ask questions and and see if we can answer them together and yeah, some stuff that you can't necessarily do on a Sunday. You know? So so please please feel free to to don't have to raise your hand, just just chat. Um, I want to just start off. Anyone has any testimonies or stories from the week? Anything God's done in you or with you or around you? Or, or do we all just sit on the couch and do nothing? Yeah. <laughs> I know I asked a couple of YMM guys to share. Maybe we'll do that a little later. Those, those two people. <laughs> I mean, this is, I wasn't one of those two people, but anyway, I just, uh, it was really cool. We were in Nimbin um, uh, earlier this week, and we were just doing a bit of praise and worship, um, and it was just really cool. After we'd done that for a few hours, we went down and just uh, went out to just share the good news um, with some people, and I was, as of recently, I just picked up a bit of skating. I don't really, like, I'm not too good at it, but anyway, I just went down to the park, um, <laughs> and so... Yeah, it was just really cool. I was like, I saw there was no one there, but I was like, you know, I'll just, I'll just go down. Uh, and then eventually this guy comes down um, and I was like, oh, I'm just learning something. You know, can you just like show me a few tricks? He's like, okay, I'll quick, I'll go back, grab my board and then come back. Uh, and he comes back and he's like, are you, are you guys Christians? It's like, I, I just like actually just see like, just like glow in you and like, I just see something that's like, yeah, there's something going on. And so we, yeah, it was just really cool. We actually just able to have a good chat with him um, and just, yeah, being able to see, like, yeah, I think he's experienced some stuff. Um, but, yeah, he, he had a lot of similar beliefs, but un- unfortunately he didn't yeah, believe that Jesus was um, God. Um, but, yeah, it was just awesome just to be able to have a chat and just to see, yeah, how, like, yeah, God is, like, so evident, like, everywhere. Mm. Like, and just, like, how other people can actually see, like, God in you. So, like, it's just such an encouragement just to see, like, I didn't really have to, in, like, before I could even instigate anything, like, this guy's just like, you're a Christian. Like, I'm like, well, 
you've mm. opened the bag, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, That's yeah, awesome. just kind of just went mm-hmm. from there. So, yeah, it was just really cool yeah. to just to just have conversation about God on a, on a, on a quite a, 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 a deeper level than you get to sometimes. So, it's, yeah, it was good. That's awesome. Mm. So, he believed in God, but he didn't believe in Jesus. So, yeah, he, he was... He wasn't exactly like he just didn't quite understand how that worked. He was like he believed that like God created everything, um, and that yeah, he was like yeah we should got to like love God and and be in service to Him and stuff like that. But he just yeah he just couldn't grasp that fact. So I didn't like we he had to go eventually. So I didn't get to like chat forever. So but yeah, I was just like if we go back there then be sweet. But yeah. I mean, not that you guys know, but uh, his name's Jed, so if you just want to lift him up in prayer throughout the week, that'd be sweet. So. Jed. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's cool how that happens. I remember one time we were um, doing outreach somewhere with YOM, and, and one of us had a guitar. We were just on the beach, and someone just came up to us and said, are you guys Christians? And like, yeah, how do you know? You got a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be a Christian. <laughs> Guys, stories are great. They encourage people. It's really cool. Like yeah. as small as our stories seem in our minds, they're bigger than the people that hear them. Um, but me and Grazi went Byron today doing evangelism with the team, and me and Grazi just kind of went together. And there's a there's a lady that Grazi actually has been passing by. She's a fortune teller, and she sits outside and and just reads fortunes for people, especially young girls. And we were doing a prayer walk out around the place, and Grazi was just going, Megan, I just feel like we need to talk to her. I was going, okay, Lord, open that door if we need to. Um, we ended up at the end of our prayer walk coming back to this lady, and, and Grazi just goes up to her and she goes, hey, I love your hat. And the lady starts talking to us about her grandkids and about things, and then she looks at us and she goes, are you Christian? And we were going, yeah, yeah, we're Christian. And so eventually we just end up talking to her about, you know, where she is in, in life, essentially. She's just kind of sharing. It got really deep really fast, but... She, she stands up from her chair place thing and she goes, I don't ever let anyone pray for me, but I'm going to let you guys pray for me. Yeah. And me and Grazi are like, what the heck? <laughs> so we ended up getting to pray for her and just speak life over her. And it was this really beautiful place of seeing how the authority of God, how people even who have like a very dark power and stuff like have to submit, you know, have to realize that, that there's something greater than them. And, mm-hmm. and it was just so beautiful that we didn't even need to do anything but just say, hey, th- like, let's show you love. Yeah. And they, that that just opened her up to submit, right? So it's just crazy mm-hmm. how simple it is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So good. I just want to share a little, uh, I think I shared a little, a couple weeks ago, I don't, I don't know when I shared it, but I prayed for uh, this one lady, uh, the ex-wife of one of my clients I went to her place and she was I didn't even know everything that was that she had wrong with her but uh at at the end of my at the end of my clean when I was cleaning her house that she was just shut a shut-in basically and hadn't cleaned the house in years so it's really really bad but uh she was just so blown away everything and then she was she's a Jehovah's Witness and 
I asked if I could pray for it at the end. She's like, yeah, no problem. I'm like, I've never got to pray for Jehovah's Witness. They never let you pray for him. And, uh, or rarely. And, uh, yeah, I prayed for her, uh, just whatever. Said, in Jesus' name, be healed from head to toe, whatever's going on. I didn't even ask, didn't, didn't really matter. And then uh, a couple weeks later, the, the ex, ex-husband, he's, he told me, he's like, you wouldn't believe it, how, how she's changed. She's like, she's a different person. He's like, that cleaning really did something, really just changed your life. And, and I'm like, you know, I, I prayed for her at the end there, remember that? He's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I prayed for him tons of times, too. And, uh, and then, yeah, this week, I seen him again, and, and I was going to her house to, to clean again. And then, uh, then he told me, he's like, you, you wouldn't believe it. It's a miracle. Like, she's out of the house. She's at my house now. She's like, she hasn't been out of her house in four years. Wow. She has this, uh, what's called agoraphobia. So fear of leaving her, her confined bubble of safety, you know? So now she's up and about and doing whatever. He's cleaning his house. And she's like, oh, my goodness. Like, he's like, it's a miracle. I'm like, yeah, it is. I know. <laughs> so that was just like a continuation of like praying for someone, just believing it, and let God do what he does, you know? We're there to lay hands, and Jesus does the healing. So, yeah, that was just just a really good, really good confirmation. So that was like maybe four weeks since I prayed for, and now she's out of the house first time in four years. Like that's that's crazy. So yeah, I wanted to. I feel like we've been talking a lot about, um, um, well, in the in the King James version, it says meat or food. You know, the pure milk of the word and the meat. That's what I want to talk about. Hey, Luke, just starting. Got a seat saved right here for you. <laughs> and uh, I just want to read, uh, yeah, one or two scriptures to start. Um, in First Peter 2, verse 2, in the NLT, it says, Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. You notice how it never says in the Bible, never, God never talks to adults. He's like, dear adults, it's always newborn babies, it's children, it's my sons, my daughters, you know? So as newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk. So we're supposed to crave it, this milk, and that, that milk makes you grow into a full experience of salvation. And we're supposed to cry out for this nourishment, like a baby, you know? Like when baby's hungry, they cry. When they're really hungry, they cry really loud <laughs> until someone gives them what they want. And like this is the, this is God speaking to us. Like this is how much of a necessity it is. If you don't have this, you die. You'll never get to the full experience of your salvation if you don't have the Word. It's the Word of God. You need that constantly. You need your, your milk all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I want to go through uh, John 6. But before we do that, I'll get you guys, the two guys who are going to share, going to share a couple... Well, I'll let you explain what you feel like God is saying to you guys. Uh, first, do you, uh, do they know 
about YWAM? Nope, you just you go for it. Okay. I, I don't know if they do or don't. But. So uh, I'm one of the two people sharing. Not that it's a secret, but I'm, uh, uh, I'm Sam. And so we're from, I have all the faces you don't recognize. We're from an organization called YWAM, stands for Youth with a Mission. And we are just that. We're young people on a mission to, um, it can look like many different things, but at the end it's bringing the kingdom of God to people and just, and just serving people, blessing people and just training, equipping, all the sorts of stuff. It looks like many different things, but that's, uh, that's what we do. So we've got multiple different nations. We've got Australia, a couple of Aussies here, Indonesia, Brazil. I'm from Canada, South Africa. And so, yeah, we're all, we're all from different nations, but we come together under the same umbrella, which is Jesus. And so that's kind of what YWAM is about. We're all staff on a school, which, or sorry, we're staff at the base. And sometimes we work with other students that come in and train them, work with them in different capacities. And so that's us at YWAM. And so I can just jump right into the story testimony I was gonna give. Yeah. Or do you wanna go first, Abby? You can. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll go first, I'll go first. So one thing I really wanted to share about in my journey with the Lord was just simply asking and receiving. Like it talks about in James, it says that we can ask God for wisdom and he will give it to us. Yeah. And I was, I was really young in the Lord when I read this scripture. I was like, maybe like five or six months. And I'd, I was just going after God. I'd seen that you could ask and, and receive things. I was like, I've seen it says, ask and you, it will be given to you. Knock and the door will be open, right? Seek and you'll find. And I'm like, man, Lord, like, like I don't have any wisdom. Like, it, it just hit me that like, if I read the life of Jesus, I'm like, I would not have done that. Like, I just wouldn't have done the things that Jesus did. And I understood that that's what wisdom was. And so I just started to go after all sorts of things, not just wisdom. I was like, oh, Lord, I need to have understanding. Give me things like grace. Give me things like knowledge of how this works. Like, give me, give me all these different things because I want to grow up into him. And so I kind of just, like, took hold. I mean, I still take hold of it. I'm still going after all these different understandings. And one thing that has, it kind of hit me in the past like three or four months, just how much God is faithful to move when we, when we just ask for things. Like, actually, I'm going to go there in James because I want to read it. It's so powerful. It's in James 1. Starts in uh, verse 5. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. And so, I just, I, f I figured out pretty easily on that this didn't just apply to wisdom, like I said. It applied to all sorts of other things, too, because God wants to give us the kingdom. It says, take heart, little children. There it is again. It's not mm -hmm. take heart, adults. It says, take heart, <laughs> little children. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so, I'm like, man, like, the kingdom God wants to give to me. And so, I just started to to get that, I'm like, Lord, help me to understand identity. Help me to have identity in my heart. Understand I'm a child of God. And just like, I've just been so hit with gratitude towards God about his faithfulness and different ways that I've seen him just come through in, in places that I've asked for. And like it said there, like I believe and I don't doubt that I'm going to receive it, right? Like I'm believing that God's going to give it to me. And it's just trusting in his character, trusting in, his, in who he says he is to 
to be faithful and just to deliver that to me, right? And so if I ask God for an understanding of identity, I'm just trusting, hey, it might not come in the next couple months, but I'm going to keep on seeking God. I'm going to keep on going in the Word. I'm going to keep on praising Jesus, and I'm just going to let Him transform my character, transform who I am, because I'm asking and I'm going to receive, I'm going to receive it, right? And so that's something that I'm just so blown away by, just the fact that God is, like He still holds to His Word even when we don't hold to His Word. Like if we don't actually believe yeah. what, is, what the Word says or we just don't go after it, He's like, He's like, hey, this is still my word. This is still what I've said, and I'm going to, if I've said that I'll give it to you, I will give it to you. And so I'm just so um, thankful to the God, just the fact that he, he honors that, and he's really, he's really pleased to give us the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's actually, that, that verse is something that I've been, like, really on the last the little bit as well. Like, like, in that, he's basically saying, like, you, you, ask, you ask me of anything, and I'll give it to you freely without finding any fault in you i'm not looking at the fault i'm just giving it to you because you asked that's it you're good you're a good dad he loves us and we got to do it without doubting we got to do it in faith so like whatever we do whatever we ask for whatever we think we can do like we can't weigh back and forth will he do it won't he do it and it says if you're like that don't expect to receive anything you have to be like i'm gonna ask i'm gonna get it I'm going to get it. Just start declaring it. I got it. Thank you, Lord. I got it. I got it. I think I shared last, the last week, too. Like, I've, I've, uh, I've knocked, and, and knocked on those doors and seek God and forever for a long time, and some of those doors have been open already. And I know some of the things I didn't know, and some of the, like, it's just some are fast, some are short, some take longer, whatever. But you keep knocking, and you believe it, that door's going to be open yet, and all of a sudden you got that answer that you didn't have. So that's sweet. That's a great place to be. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, my name is Abby, uh, and so I'm going to share a little bit about, um, so, uh, yeah, about, a little bit about, like, evangelism and the way that I have grown a lot. Because I... Um, I'm not someone who, like, I, like, I could not have any conversation with anyone, like, because I was just, like, I don't know, I just, uh, somehow I grew up not knowing how to do that, so, like, it took me, like, it took me a long time to actually be able to actually just even say hi, like, because I was very awkward and stuff, like, I don't know what to say and stuff like that, and so, um, yeah, I've grown a lot in evangelism, and then, um, there was one time, uh, like, I mean, many times, like, you just have to do it. Like, you just you just have to, like, put yourself out there. And, like, mm-hmm. I've learned to just, like, because when, when I think too much about it, I will not go. Like, I'll go, okay, I'm going to ask this and then, oh, and then ask this. Like, I will not go if I think too much about it. Like, I've just learned to just throw myself out there. Hi. Uh, just so I, I have to let that one out before, so that I can keep on going. Because if not, I will not say anything. And so I, I've just I've learned to do that. Like and then so it got better here and there. But then sometimes when it's like, um, when it's like when it's awkward, then oh well, like it's awkward. Like well, I just can't do anything about it. So just learn to be okay with it. Um, but like yeah, there was one time uh, there's a quite a big challenge for me because I just felt like. Um, this was back in Perth, and then we were, I was doing evangelism with someone, and then I felt to do it in open air, 
um, in the city, like people are walking here and there. And so I was just like, nah, that's not the Lord. That's not the Lord. Like that's not God for sure. And so I was just like, oh, like I was so scared. I was just no way. But then I also want to obey him because I want to love him. Um, but I like I can't. I just I like, anyways. I finally I had to struggle with it for a little bit and I asked my friend, hey, can you actually pray for me? So I felt like I had to do it in open air, um, but I didn't want to. But I want to, because I want to obey him. But anyways. What do you mean by an open air? Oh, okay, sorry. I'm not, sorry, oh, sorry. It's just like, so when you do evangelism, you can go like to each, like to a person and just chat with them. All in open air is just like, people are just walking by and then I'll just start, hello everybody, my name is Abishal and blah, blah, blah. like I just start to. It's open to everybody, yeah. So yeah, so just like it's yeah, it's just for the public to hear every like everyone to hear. Yeah. And so and so yeah, anyways, she had to pray for me, I had to struggle with it for a little bit and then I I finally it was just like, oh, okay, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna do it. Can you stand by me? Like she was just just standing right there, just close by me a little bit. And then I just like I know you're so long in the Lord, are we? Anyways, but then I finally just had to like, hello, everybody. Because um, once you let those yeah. words out, like you just can't <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, hello, everybody. I just have a story to share. So I did that. And like while I was doing it, like I was, I even like did like, like my brain was just like, got blank a little bit and I was like what else to say yeah so I just <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep on going anyways um but I think through that um it just really helped me a lot and then like literally after that like yeah some people would just walk by and then some people looked looked and then just hear a little, a little bit and then they passed by and stuff like that but like um and then I did not see any fruit that time but like what I see is a change in my heart to like like oh well okay that's not as scary as I thought like and because thankfully mm. here in Australia, like, they won't stone me, right? <laughs> <laughs> they'll just ignore me or like, I don't know, like, maybe they'll curse me or something. I don't know. But anyways, I, nothing happened that time. But I think there's a there's something in me that actually the Lord just kind of, like, it's, it's not as scary as you thought. But it is still scary if I had to do it now. But like, it's, it's like, just let it out mm. and then... Let the Lord just use it, and I just trust the Lord with whatever that I'm shared, even though it's probably choppy. And I was like, What did I just say? Like, people understand? Like, I was not, anyways. So, just encouragement, like, like, yeah, even though you might feel scared or whatever, like, it's, I don't know, with your life, if even, yeah, evangelizing, and if you want to yeah. learn about that, just throw yourself there, like, and then just do your best. And then, if it's awkward, if you got rejected, that's that's fine, it's very normal. So, That's awesome. That's almost like word for word what we talked about last time. That like when when we feel like we hear God or to do something for God, we gotta like bypass the brain. Just like if you start thinking then you then you stop in your tracks. You just gotta turn and say, Hi And then you just keep then you, then you gotta keep talking or else you look crazy. You know? <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Thank you for that. Yeah. So who thinks they could do that? In here, just go out in the public and... <laughs> you could all do it. You could all do it. I could sing. I could sing in public. You could sing in public? Yeah. 
Nice. Mm. Crazy. <laughs> not talking public. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Trying to find this thing that God spoke to me. Just what you're focusing on too, like you know, you know, you can, you know, if if um, you allow the Holy Spirit to speak and you and you focus not on the reception, you might might or might not be getting, but you know what what message is in your heart. Maybe that's just going to bypass. This, you know, the other stuff. So, I mean, it's so important, isn't it, what you focus on? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, where is it? I am um, really related to what you're saying about the awkwardness because I'm good at being awkward. <laughs> but, um, Years ago, many years ago, when I first became a Christian, and I used to be in a, involved in a group called the Christian Commandos, and they used to go down and do open ears, basically, what you're talking about, uh, on the street. And um, the guy that used to head it up, he'd just grab one of us and say, you know, get us up to speak. And it was amazing, like as awkward as I can be, whenever that happened, you know, the Holy Spirit would just. The words would just come mm. yeah, to whoever he'd get up to speak. Mm. It was amazing. Yeah. We used to feel so the people mm. come to the Lord too. Mm. That was back in the 80s in Sydney. Mm. Mm. What was it called? The Christian Commandos. Yeah. Christian <laughs> Commandos. No, no. They came out of, um, well, it was Hillsong before it was called Hillsong Christian Life Centre Church mm. in Sydney. I got saved in Frank Houston's church. Oh, right. Awesome. Well, I asked these guys to to share. I didn't know what they were going to share, but just something about what God's doing doing in their hearts, and I thought that was like really both like extremely relevant. I feel like what God wants to talk about today. like I really want to focus on that. I feel like, I, I feel like in myself that that this this topic, milk and meat, like what it is to, to be a, a child in the faith and mature in the faith, because babies only drink milk, and adults they have solid food, right? So this is what we're going to talk about. Like, and uh, if we go to uh, John six, I'm going to read. Not everything. It's quite a long one, but John, is that John one? No, it's in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Page six hundred and twenty-seven. <laughs> 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 no, it's not mine. <laughs> I don't have page numbers on here. <laughs> Huh? King James, or what do you Uh, yeah, I'm reading New King James. New King James. Yeah, same here, so it should be on the same page, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're not going to go through it, but this is uh, the first story in here is 
uh, when Jesus feeds the 5,000. Has everyone heard that story? Yeah. Who hasn't heard that story? Everybody? Okay. So Jesus feeds the 5,000. I like the, uh, the first part where Jesus speaks. He says, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Jesus asked the disciples, where should we buy bread? And he knows exactly what he's going to do. You know? He's just testing them. <laughs> but uh, anyways, then they gather up the food and they feed the 5,000 and they have tons of, lots of leftover, right? And so all these people are, are there, 5,000. They just counted the, the men, didn't count the women or children. So there's probably like, what, 15,000 there, some of that? Who knows? Maybe more? Like, that's a lot of people. A lot. Like this church holds maybe 300. Like, that's a big crowd all just following him. And uh, I'm going to skip down to verse 25. At verse 25. Uh, and then they found him on the other side of the sea. And they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? So these are all the people that just got fed. Right? They were following him across the water and everything. Jesus walked on the water and they didn't see him come in the boat. And they asked him, Ma, how did you get here? And how does Jesus respond to that? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. So he totally ignores them and just talks about something else. Right? <laughs> Jesus does that a lot. <laughs> Because he knows what, what they're really asking, what they really want, right? And verse 27 says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. And the King James it says, Meat, uh, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Uh, then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? This is one of my favorite scriptures, because people always ask that. Ask the question. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do to fulfill what God wants us to do? What do I do? What's, what's my call? What's my purpose? What do I do in life? You know, how do I do what God wants me to do? I don't want to be perfect. What does Jesus say? This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Whoa. <laughs> like, like, just believe. Believe him. And that is such a hard thing to do, apparently, you know? Like Jesus says, like, you, if you love me, you obey my commands. And when Jesus is talking about his commands, what's his commands? To love him and love people. To love him and love people. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He's not talking about the Ten Commandments and all that stuff because love has rolled that all up into one thing. So he's like, if you want to... If you love me, you'll do what I say. You know? So it's not this harsh, do what I say or else. Mm -hmm. Say, if you love me, you can actually do what I can do. You're able to do the things that I, I can do myself, and you can do even greater things, he says. Um, where was I? So they were looking, the people who came to Jesus, they were looking for physical 
right? They wanted more food. They wanted another miracle. They wanted to see, see something, right? Like they, Jesus said to himself, he's like, you didn't come here for anything else. You just wanted to get fed again. You want some more food. And they couldn't get their mind past the physical, natural, when Jesus is talking spiritual language, right? And then we will go on to verse 26. No, sorry. Uh, 30. Let's keep reading. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe? So he just said, they, they just said, What do we do? And Jesus said, Believe. And then he's like, What are you going to do, God? Is that what we do all the time? God, what are you going to do? Set this up. Give me a divine appointment. Give me this. Give me do that. You know? Jesus is like, You just got to believe what I already said. You know, we don't need we don't need God ever to tell us to go pray for that person or to love that person. He's already said it. He'll never say no. Because he's always he says yes. His promises are yes and amen all the time. He can't go against his word. Whatever he says, he's said. And that's that's it. Everyone is of equal value everywhere. So it's never going to be like, no. Don't pray for that person. That person's too scary. Or that person won't hear you anyways. Or whatever. He's going to confirm what he's already said. So we can... That's actually... It takes more faith to read the word and do it than God give me a sign and he tells you from heaven or he gets someone to tell you, yeah, you should pray for that person or whatever. Like, oh. That can be a good encouragement. But the more, the more faith is to read his word in here and believe it and do it, all right? Um, where was I? 30, I'll just read that again. Therefore, they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our father ate the manna in the desert and it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to him, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Uh, sorry, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So yeah, again, Jesus is talking, he's talking spiritual language here. And people just don't get it. They're just not getting it. They're just like, oh. And then uh, Jesus starts talking about Oh, sorry. I didn't go far enough there. So much, so much scripture I have to read. Because I feel like <clears throat> like this is a all of John 6 if we had if we had time we'd go through it all but uh, 
you really have to, I, feel, I know this from lots of experience, I read something, I'm like, oh, I don't understand that so much. What? Then I start praying, I start asking people, like, God, what does this mean, what is that? And it's like the next verse, and it explains it totally, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, that's, that's what I feel. We gotta do that all the time. Like, just keep reading, keep reading. Like, I was in this bondage of being under the law for so much of my Christianity. Like, just so much of it. Because I didn't keep reading. I was stuck on one thing. I don't understand this. I asked people. They didn't understand. They couldn't give me an answer. So I just believed it at face value. And then, years down the road, (laughs) I started reading the Bible, like, for real. And then I bumped into it, the answer, like, oh my goodness, that was like before <coughs> Jesus. The scripture was that, that you have a, a stony, hard heart and, and that you can't believe. Oh, how does it go? I don't, I don't even think about that scripture anymore. I just say I had a bad heart, basically. And then Jesus said, now he's given me a new heart. He's given me a new heart with new new beliefs and he's written the word of God on my heart already and he's made me out to be good he's made me good already I don't have to try to be good it's all what he's done already like he sees me as just just as if I've never sinned like total perfection and it has nothing to do with me it's all by grace and all by Jesus' want to he wanted to do that because I'm his son and I didn't even know it Verse was that? I think we're back down to 39. 39? The will to continue on with Oh, yeah. Uh, 39. Uh, this is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but shall rise it up at the last day. And this, <clears throat> and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and now we'll raise him up in the last day. I'm just going to skip down to verse uh, 53. So then Jesus says, Then most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat my flesh, eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna, and they they are all dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. And then what happened? He had this. So this is when he had, he had tons, a lot of disciples. A lot of disciples. And they're all like, this is too hard. Like, what is he talking about? Because like, he's talking about this. He's, he fed the 5,000. They're talking about food this whole time. And now Jesus said, I'm the food. You got to eat me. And they're like, there's not enough for this guy to go around. Like, what does he mean? There's 15,000 people here. Like, you can't have a little bit. And now, what does that work? Because they're thinking physical. They're not thinking spiritual. Right? In, uh... We could if you just said it in a different way. Then 
Well, he says it on purpose. He says it on purpose that way because... Uh, That would have been nice, but he wants people like I, I heard this saying a while ago, like Jesus is is looking for active followers, not passive followers. Mm-hmm. A passive follower just does whatever just because they hear it. Active followers, they search it out. Like what is this meaning? Why does he want to do it? How can I be like that? How can I do this better? How can I do more? How can I whatever? Whatever it is. In anything in life, if you want to do good at your job, you need to do more than what's required. You know? It's the same thing. And it's not out of a have to, it's because you want to. Like, no one does more than they're required unless they want to. You know? And they see a value in that. And that's the same thing what Jesus wants with us. He's like, I don't want just sheep just to follow it and do whatever. Like, I want, he's like, you can do what I do in even greater things. And he doesn't say specifically, do this. This is the 10-step process. This is how you do it. You fast five days a week, and then you do this, and you do that, and you do that. Like, no, there's no five, 10-step process. There's look at Jesus, love Jesus, be with Jesus, dance with Jesus. And that's the whole book. From Genesis to Revelation, <laughs> all that points to Jesus. But I wanted to focus on uh, John 6, 63. It says, It is spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The word that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. I'm just going to read that in the NLT. It said, the spirit, alone, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So he's saying all this, he's like, eating his flesh and drinking his blood, he's like, this is spirit, and this is, this is what life is. He's not talking about everyone, Christians gotta be cannibals. He's not talking about that. But that's what they're thinking, like, this is too crazy. Like, how, how can we, how can we think of this? They're all thinking flesh. They're all thinking the world and how it works, and like, Jesus is always talking spirit. He's always talking spirit. And people can make that a, a stumbling block on themselves like oh, okay like how I don't get that so I'll just I'll put it on the shelf okay I don't get it instead of keep reading and not just read it once like read it a million times until we get it read it slowly hear it read it to yourself say it out loud read it in your mind think about it ask Holy Spirit <laughs> like forever that's our that's what we get to do and it's a crazy thing I says, Christians, we have one book. I mean, it's a long book, but I mean, there's so much in there and you can literally read the same thing, like the same thing forever, your whole life. And if you're reading it in the spirit, like wanting to, wanting to know, like it's alive. Like God said, it's, it's living and active, this word. It's either no other book in creation can do that. Everything is just man's words, but these, this is, the word is actually God. It's not just his words. It is actually God, like these words specifically. It's crazy. Because Jesus said, I am the word. He is the word. He is the bread. He is the blood. He is the milk. He is, he's all that.
Again, if you have any questions, just feel free to. Yeah, I was going to say the old system is so hard to understand and comprehend, and it's so aggressive and murderous. <laughs> <laughs> and I just feel like um, they have been going through the same stuff for like in Kings all the way through to where I'm up to now. Going through, I, I thought I'd just go back through that and and I listen to it every day on the way to work because I've got like an hour so like it yeah. helps to get through I yeah. get through quite a lot um, but it's still so hard to comprehend I'm so I'm doing it again because I didn't really get it the first time I still don't really quite, quite get it the second yeah. time anyway um, but it's leading up to the New Testament which I think is pretty important but yeah, it's so hard to understand well yeah when we read when we read the old the old covenant we have to see it through new covenant eyes. We have yeah, to see. I'm trying it. to do that, but it is so. Yeah, yeah, totally. I understand. Like, if if you can't see it, if you can't see it through the eyes of Jesus and through what He's done and transferred us from this old way into a new way, then we'll see like God's a schizophrenic. He's killing people over here and over here. He says He's God of grace and He never changes and blah blah blah. But it's not true. <laughs> What's true is there was an old way and then there's a new way. And God is still the same, but people didn't know, they didn't have a representation of perfect love who is God until Jesus came. No one before Jesus had, had the perfect example. They had no idea what love looked like. They heard it in the words and the few things that God said openly, but they didn't have someone to follow. They couldn't, no one could do it. No one could do it or else they would be the Messiah, right? So like if we see it through those eyes, like they, they couldn't see what real love is. So they would mistake certain things for God and say, oh, God did this. God killed these people and God did this. Like, no, 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 no. no God doesn't murder babies, you know? God doesn't do that. But that was their minds. That's the way that they thought, the way that they could express God through, through what they've experienced. But God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday and 2,000 years ago as he is today and will be forever. So, I mean, it's a real... It is a process of renewing your mind in the, in the new, new life, the new, way of, the new way of living through Jesus. And, and then you can really go back in the Old Covenant and see kings and all. All, everything, everything all covered. Every, everything that's happening is because they're they're stuck in this way of they have to do in order to be made right, which was impossible. So they they were stuck in a place of impossibility. They could never fulfill the law to be righteous. <laughs> they could never do it. It even says, and uh, I forget where it is in New Testament that. Um, the purpose of the law was not for them to fulfill it, but to show them how sinful they are. That's what the purpose of it was. So they're always full conscious of sin and how, how sinful they are. Like everyday sacrifices and blood and animals and stuff. Like always just fully aware, I am doomed. I am doomed. I need a savior. I'm doomed. I'm, I can't do it. <laughs> Is it okay? Feel free to correct me. But like, For sure. Just like, yeah, I think 
Yeah, just like reading through like Kings and Judges and Samuel and all that. It's like, yeah, it's pretty hectic and like, yeah, a lot going on. But it just, to me, just shows like his faithfulness. Because like when they get out, like like God gives them the choice. It's like, okay, I want you to like follow me, but they ask for a king. And so they're, they're choosing what they see as like this worldly way and like what they think is going to be best for them. But God actually is like, okay, I'll give you that king, but like be faithful to me. And then like as you go, they're like not so faithful. But then God's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. I'll do this. And he just keeps coming back and he's like so faithful no matter how many times like we've given up on him. Like he's just there. And like he made a covenant with... Um, like when he was with Abraham, oh, wait, wait. yeah, Abraham, yeah. yeah, he made the covenant, and he's like, and he didn't swear by Abraham, he swore by himself because he was greater than, um, like, he was greater, like, he was the greatest thing he could swear by, and then that's like, you just see, like, it just like, you know, gets worse and worse, like, people just, like, fall away, it's like, okay, God just, like, keeps trying to bring them back, he sends prophets, he sends people, he sends different kings, he even sends other kings from like other nations and then yeah he's just like i just want you back like he, he's just just showing his love in so many different ways um but then like yeah then he's like okay i'm gonna have to send my son and that's like it's just like that's not like the best probably recap of it but just like in my mind like like i've read through it a few times and i'm like whoa like this is this is intense i'm like why is there so much like killing and all this but he's like, try, he's like slowly trying to bring them and say, I've got a better way. I've got a better way. But, mm. but we just keep like running away. We're like, oh no, we want what the world has. Like, and then it's like, yeah, but I've got a better way kind of thing. I don't know if that helps you yeah, in, does, in any good. way. Yeah, but it like, does because it's yeah. like it's right where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. And it is so graphic. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that, yeah, that's good. I don't know, John, you want to add anything? No, like, that was I good. Did, not like, I don't know, I just kind of got a little bit cool. You must have read it a few times, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Very good. Awesome. That was so rebellious. Yeah. I mean, can't say, can't say we're the best, even. <laughs> yeah. Just got the Holy Spirit, so it helps, it helps a bit. Yeah, I was just reading through that, or listening to <laughs> listening to Genesis this morning too, and oh, uh, yeah, Abraham was declared righteous because he believed God, right? I was thinking even back then, like you could be declared righteous if you just believed. Like, and how it, how did he show that he believed? He did what he said, right? <laughs> to sacrifice Isaac and he's like this and the angel's like stop mm-hmm. and like you did it you did it right up to the point of death like, doing it. Yeah. yeah it says in I think it's Hebrews that, that he he said in his mind like okay this is God's promise Isaac and and even like it has to my descendants have to come from Isaac and so I guess if, if I kill my son, then God's going to raise him from the dead. And that's how it's going to happen. Like, that's what he believed. Like, okay, whatever you say, God, like, <laughs> I know that's not the end. And yeah, so that was a, obviously a prophetic picture, too, of, of God sending his son, his son and everything, too. But yeah, it's awesome. Awesome.
Ah. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Um, oh yeah. Also, like, uh, also see like all those like when God asked, um, like the Israelites to like kill like the Philistines stuff like that. Like it, it is pretty cool. Like, well, why do they need to be killed stuff like that? But if you look at the like what they they do, like those pagan people and like the like how they they're treating each other, like those Philistines stuff like that. Like you see how terrible it is, and I, I just see it as it also like a, a picture of like how serious God is about sin, and like because if we if we if we actually know how terrible sin is, then we we know how much Jesus actually has given to, for us. He he didn't just die, and he he didn't just like well I mean everybody died or whatever, but like he didn't just like give himself like that and all like. Oh, sorry, but anyways, it's like, like, to the extent of how much we know how bad sin is, then we can know how much God actually has has, has given. Mm. So I think yeah, it's just yeah. really a picture of like, like He's really serious about sin because He knows how bad it actually gets, and so it's just really really a picture of how just He is, how righteous He is. Like He doesn't see like if someone molested a child, like He He won't see it as just like oh, it's just something you know like but because it is really bad and like people sacrificing their children and stuff like that like of course it hurts him a lot that's why like it's it really really serious to him because we are so valuable to him that's why he had to send uh, Jesus for us to yeah take, take away our sins that we couldn't help ourselves so I just think it's like really righteous and he's he's for justice and Very good, thank you. Um, I just want to get back into this uh, this meat thing in John four. So this scripture has really just been open up to me in the last last six months, and it has literally changed my whole life. This one scripture, I'm sure I've read it plenty of times, and I know I've read it here. It's John four. John four. Did I say it? Yeah. Okay. I thought you were prophetic here. This is awesome. <laughs> John four thirty four. So this is a story. I'm not going to read the whole story before it, but it's the where Jesus meets the woman at the well. And he tells her her life, and she runs up to the city to find everybody, and and everyone comes back, and they start believing. And anyways, before this, they, she runs up to the city, and the disciples just come back, and and they went to get food. And then they're like, Jesus, you need to have something to eat. And then he's like, the food that I have, <laughs> someone's already given me food. That's what he said. And then they're questioned among themselves probably like, did someone give him food? Like, what's he talking about? But then uh, it's in the King James. I'm going to read it. Uh, John four thirty four. Jesus said unto them, the meat, my meat is to do, de- sorry. Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Or my food, probably your translation says. So his meat, so the meat is not in this Bible. It's not the words. What does he say? My meat is to do. 
So we know if we've come from immaturity to maturity in whatever area of your life when you start walking it out. So you can get saved. The next moment, tell someone about Jesus. You can be further ahead instantly than a lot of people in church been there for 10, 50 years. Does that blow your mind? Jesus said, this is the meat. This is the good stuff. This is adulthood. When you start doing. Right? That's a good word, John. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) This is what's been on my head and heart for a little while now. And, and we read through this again. I'll, I'll read it again. John 6, 27. Um, I'll read it in a different version. It says, Do not labor for the food which perishes. So don't work for food that just perishes, you know? Like on, on this earth. Don't just work for that. But for the food which endures to everlasting life, which a son of man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then the King James says, labor not for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which is, endures into everlasting life. So what do you have to not do? Don't work for this earthly, physical stuff like the people. This is John 6 still. He's referencing to you. Oh, I just fed thousands of people, you know? Physically, I fed their physical bodies. Like, don't run after this physical stuff. That God will provide that. So you don't even have to think about it. He says this is what the world thinks about. What they have to eat about, what they have to eat, what they wear, what they drink, all, all this stuff, where they live, that's what they think about and cry out to God for. All this stuff. And God says, I love you more than I love all the birds of the air and everything else. Like, of course I'm that's just part of the package. You know, all this physical stuff, like, I know you're here and you need to live and and so on. And I want to read uh, one more verse in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. So this is all this. uh, Going off what Jesus said, the meat is to do, to do his will. And to finish his work. So Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 10, the New King James says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So I just, right out there, okay, grace, it's by by grace that you've been saved, it's by nothing that you can do, not your works. So your works is not for salvation. What you're doing, this has nothing to do with you being saved. Okay? Um, For we are his workmanship, created... In Christ Jesus, four good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, works are not for salvation, but because of salvation, it's what, it's what we're created for, to do good works. We're created to do. So, like, if we just come here and go to church and go to the YWAM schools or do whatever, and even when we leave those things especially when we leave those things when you leave church when you leave YOM when you leave whatever 
then you'll see when there's no structure around you, when there's no one pushing you, will you continue to do? Or will you just do nothing? You know, just uh, think I'm spiritual because I'm reading my Bible all the time and know how to debate and know how to answer questions and stuff. Like, that is part of it, preaching and teaching for sure. But that alone in itself is not what Jesus commanded. Like, he commanded a lot of things. And, I mean, command's even a, a wrong word. Because, like, he gives us the privilege to be able to do these things. Like, does anyone know the Great Commission? Matthew 28? What he told us to do? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. <clears throat> Let's just go there. Does someone want to read that out? Matthew 28, down at the bottom. verse 18 or yeah 18 um, go from verse 18 yeah sure and Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority <clears throat> all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you and lo I am with you always even to the end of the age amen so we get to do all these things so all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth and then he tells them go therefore and make disciples of all nations I'm going to read this in uh, NLT uh, NLT this is what it says Jesus came and told the disciples I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm always, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So this is like, this great commission is, I believe it's like the, the center of the new, new church, the new covenant. Like, people believe that, um, I don't know, signs and wonders passed away with the apostles, stuff like that, you know? And this right here just defies that right away. So he's talking, someone said to me exactly that, like, oh, I don't believe that you can, that we're allowed to do this or that we can do this or we have power to do this. Like, there's only the disciples that, that could do it. And, and he's like, because Jesus is speaking specifically to his disciples to say this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, true. It wasn't, not, wasn't this verse they were talking about either. And I said, let's go to, let's go to Matthew 28. And we read this, and it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. He's talking to his disciples, specifically. And this is what you're to do, disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. So then he calls them disciples, and we have to teach them, <laughs> that's us, to do everything that he's commanded them to do. So this is all authority transferred on to these guys, transferred over to whoever believes, new disciples, right? So this is, these are the things that we get to do. 
make new disciples, baptize them, teach them, know that Jesus is coming back, all this stuff. In other places, lay hands on the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, freely give, freely receive. So, So these are the works that we're to do, but specifically, not for salvation. Nothing to do with being saved. You don't do these things to get saved or try to get in God's good books or be his favorite son or whatever. Like, you're all favorite sons and daughters. Everyone. Everyone has equal value, even the person who hates God and is murdering people every day and loves murdering people and hates everybody. Like, God sees that one. That person the same as everyone else. It's crazy. It's amazing. Like, can you imagine loving anyone like that? Anyone that much? Like, imagine the person you love the most in this world and someone just, like, on purpose, just destroying their life in every way possible and then killing them and doing everything. Like, Jesus like, I love that guy. I want him. Like I just think of, uh, think of Paul before it was Paul. He's on his way to kill and arrest Christians and Jesus just knocks him off his horse. <laughs> He's like, who are you, Lord? He's like, I'm Jesus, the one that you're persecuting. He's like, I never persecuted you, Jesus. He's like, this is my body. You're persecuting me. And then he got it. And then he was blind, and blindness went away, and he got saved and baptized and all that stuff. And in the middle of his quest to go against what God wanted, with a good heart, though. You know, Saul had a good heart. He wanted to do what God wanted. He thought he was doing what God wanted to do. He thought he was obeying what he was supposed to do. But then God showed him that he was not. Yeah, works are not for salvation, but because of salvation, it's what we're created for. Who here finds it hard to do good things, like your testimony? It's just you heard God, and you're like, "Oh, that's not God." And I thought, "Oh yeah, it's God." Oh, it's God. I got it done, and then you did it, right? And that's happened so many times to me, and I haven't done it. <laughs> you know? And if you've ever heard God, you've probably not obeyed him sometimes. <laughs> you know? Like, it's, we are children of God, and we, he gives us the grace to grow. And all of our questioning, and like, is this God? Is that not you, God? Like, oh, I'm sorry, God. I didn't, oh, I should have done what you did, and you beat yourself up. You're like, you're my son. Like, you don't have to prove anything to me. You know, I love you because you're born, because, because I made you, and I see your potential and everything. So it's like when we see God, how he loves us, it's never a, a spanking when you, when you don't get it right. It's just another opportunity to grow from. so crazy you're talking about that because when I was 
driving up to Ballina, I had this revelation about exactly that. And I wrote it down in my notes and I said, even if we become men and women of great faith that God's proud of, guess what? We can never be covered by our works because without Christ's blood, despite our works, God wouldn't be able to look at us at all. <laughs> that hit me so much because I'm a very big, I'm an athlete. And so if you think of it in the sense of when a coach is training an athlete, it means so much to me when my coach is looking at me and I'm getting it right. But if I wasn't wearing my uniform and I wasn't connected to my coach, no matter how good I'm running that track, he's not going to look at me because I'm not wearing the orange bib that he knows I wear. But the minute I put the orange bib on, if, I'm, if I suck or if I'm great, he's looking at me. His attention's on me. And I think in my walk of faith and I think in all walks of faith, you have to realize without Jesus' blood, God won't be able to look at you at all. Like, he wouldn't. And that's so crazy. That's why it means so much. So I, I think it's crazy that you're talking about that. I just want you thinking about that this week. Yeah. Yeah. Man, like, just before you guys all got here, I was in there, in here, just grabbed the guitar and was playing the guitar, and I'm like, I couldn't even sing. I would just bawl my eyes out. Like, all that could come out of my mouth is that, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And all the stuff that we get to do is really awesome. It's really awesome. Like, we get to look past ourselves. And I know it can seem hard, and it can seem tedious, and it's almost never convenient to go out of your way and talk to someone or whatever. But, like, if you just fall in love with Jesus, like, you will be the Peter that steps out of the boat and is looking at Jesus. You'll all of a sudden be doing something that can't be done because you're just looking at Jesus. But if you're not in love with Jesus, you're going to be looking at the waves and you're going to sink and you're going to be like, God, where are you? Help me, I need you. And just crying out and not knowing the answers. Because Jesus is always there. He's always there. He's, he's just waiting for you to step out of the boat, waiting for you to, to be with him. And he loves you regardless. Like, he loved all disciples in the boat, the same as Peter. They never got out. They never even tried, you know? Maybe they didn't even think about it. They probably didn't. <laughs> and there's... Uh... I wanted to just go through something I feel like just on this topic of doing what God is I mean has God been talking to anyone else about this? Like I feel like it's been this whole year almost probably even before this year it's like there's a, a real stirring in my heart like there's a wave of God coming and is starting here already where like God's people are are going to be walking in the ways of Jesus like for real mm. like real Christianity not like not like I don't even know how to how to say it like like the the church as a whole like people don't know and don't care and um like the world has no reverence for for God or 
or God's people. They, they're not like in the new church and in, in Acts, like people were terrified of the Christians because the power of God was with them. Mm-hmm. And everywhere they went, people rose from the dead. People were getting saved. People were getting healed, like crazy miracles, things that have never happened before. Like there was no question that God was real. There's no question that they, oh, they can't make this up, you know? And like, I, I see it now and it's happening. Like there's pockets all over the world that are, that are doing this. And I feel like there is a, a wave coming now and, it's, and God is waiting for us. Like we're not waiting on God. You know? God's not like just sitting out there waiting for the perfect time. That's nothing to do with time. It has to do with our willingness to do what he says already. It's like everyone has probably heard the like stats. I don't, I don't know the numbers exactly, but like, like if everyone in here told one person about Jesus and they got saved and they did that every day and those people did that every day, it would take something like seven years and everyone in the world would be saved or, or seven months or something like that, like a very short time. Everyone in the world. Like, can, can, like once you get to a million, then it's two million, then it's four million, then, you know? Get to a billion, then it's seven days, and everyone's saved, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, like, it ha- has nothing to do with that. It has, like, when I got saved, I wanted nothing to do with Christianity. It was the most boring thing ever. Like, I'd go to church, and you hear someone talk and you go home and nothing changes and like I don't want nothing to do with that like I want to have some fun (laughs) and when I heard about God that could do miracles that God could change people that and I'm like what the heck like this is incredible and it's just in a moment I'm like God I'm I want that I want that life and then boom just change in a moment like my inside my want to changed and I had a soft heart and I love people and I didn't want to do the things that I used to do and live for myself. And I feel like on the edge of this, I feel like God really wants to share just a couple things on uh, identity. I've made this huge list of promises that God has, God has given us over the years and I have them... Uh, in two, two categories, the I am promises and the I have promises. I just want to read two verses before that. Two of my favorite verses in the Bible. I mean, there's a lot, but don't look it up. Just listen, and then you can look it up later because <laughs> I want you to look it up. Second uh, Peter 1, 3 to 4. It says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. That's not even half of the scripture. Like, what else can you pray for? He didn't say, I'm going to give you. He said, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. 
and escape the world's corruption caused by human desire. That's what these promises enable you to do. Once you get these promises and you believe them, because that's all you got to do, <laughs> it enables you to share his divine nature. Like, not a sinful nature. We'll get, through, we'll get to that scripture too. Divine nature, and then you escape the world's corruption, all the corruption caused by human desires, like your selfishness. And then Colossians 1, 20 and 22. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. It's what you thought and what you did. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, so as a result of that, he, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. So he's given you everything. Divine nature. You're holy, and you're blameless, and you have no faults. That's what he says about you right now. I don't care what you thought 10 seconds ago or what you did 10 seconds ago. Like It's irrelevant. This is God's word. Sin is not the issue anymore. Jesus came. What did, what did uh, John the Baptist say? He said, behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. Like the world, like even the world, the people who don't even know Jesus, their sin is gone. But they're, they just, they don't accept it. They don't accept it. They don't accept the promise. They don't accept the gift. They don't take the grace. So they fall down that same path. Like if we get even just, even just that first part of that first scripture in Second Peter, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Once I got this in my heart, I'm like, I couldn't pray. I still don't know if I can pray like that now. Like, what, what can I pray for? What can I pray for? What can I pray for myself? You know? I can just be, thank you, God, that I got this. And then it's in the, when you, only when you believe can you walk it out. Only when you believe that you're this, that you're holy and blameless without a single fault, only then will it actually work out and the fruit will bear in your life. Only then. Because it's who you are. Like you are a good tree, so you will produce good fruit. But if you don't believe you're a good tree, then you produce bad fruit. Even though you're a good tree, but you don't believe it. Isn't that crazy? Like, it, it's, it's simple. Somehow, I don't know how it happened. The devil, like, has convinced us as Christians that we, that we have to do something different to get certain things. But everything's by faith in the Bible. Like, you got saved by faith. 
through grace, by faith, by grace through faith. And who here, like, really knew what they were doing when they got saved? Like, (laughs) I had no idea. I didn't know what happened. Just all of a sudden it was different. And I didn't think about it. I just, I heard the gospel and I accepted it. And all of a sudden, whoa, what is this? It's the same thing with everything else. If you believe this that same way, just simple, like, yeah. I I believe that now. And then you'll start walking it out. It's a really, really extremely liberating thing. Um, I'm going to read out a couple of uh, scriptures, and if uh, whoever wants to read, actually read them out, would be awesome. Um... Can someone read out Galatians 4, verse 21 to 23? All right. Um, can someone read out Romans 5, 17? Yeah. Can someone read out 1 Peter 2, 24? Okay. You want to read that one out first? exactly that we were under the law we're trying to do it ourselves they're trying to fulfill God's word through their own physical actions and what they could do and then that was Ishmael and uh, I mean that's a crazy story too and then Isaac was the fulfillment God fulfilled his own promise exactly what he said he would do um, okay, what was that next one Romans five seventeen. yeah for if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Okay, awesome. Um, first Peter. First Peter what, what? Two, two, uh, two, verse 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Was that the right one? Yep. So those two scriptures and plenty more. Um, I, I have down here Romans six because all of Romans six talks about we're free from sin. Do we know we're free from sin? Does everyone know they're free from sin? Like you're actually free from, like you don't ever have to sin ever in your entire life, ever. And it's actually possible, like you don't have to do it. 
Well, that's awesome. Because <laughs> that is true. Like, that whole sin thing is like, the only th- I feel like the only time I ever talk about sin is when I'm teaching that we're free from it, <laughs> which is a good thing. Um, oh, man. I mean, there's promises for everything. Uh, in, in Titus 2.15, it says that we're anointed and qualified to preach the gospel with authority. It says the same thing in Isaiah 61.1 and Colossians 1.12. This is what I was talking about before. Uh, Colossians 2.11. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. So our nature is not sinful anymore. Like, who you are is totally, completely holy and blameless and set apart and holy. Like... That is one of the scriptures, like, oh my goodness, like, you, you don't have to struggle with the things you struggle with, if you do struggle with anything. Like, if we believe this, that he's literally cut away the sinful nature and given you a new nature. Like, like your being who you actually are has nothing to do with sin. You're naturally good. You naturally think good things. You naturally want to do things outside of selfishness. <clears throat> That is who you actually are. And that other stuff is the world and the enemy trying to convince you, like, no, this is who you are. Remember, you did this all your life. Remember the fruit of your life? Remember this? Remember that? It's like, no, that was the old guy that's dead. That person died. So what about I, that one that comes out? Sometimes? I, I just painted one of the bedrooms and I was carrying the paint bucket out with the spray, yep. sprayer and water and everything. And the hose just flicked out and all over the floor, over the dog, and a word came out. <laughs> 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 it was not like I didn't really have much choice. Was it paint? <laughs> <laughs> it was paint. <laughs> we all have days like that. I, uh, there's a speaker I know from the States. He says something similar along those lines. He's like... Uh, well, you hit your hammer, you hit your hand on a with a hammer, and something slips out, and he's like, "Well, how did it? How did it slip in? Like, what are? Like, there was a saying my parents used to tell me all the time when I was young. Didn't really understand it because I was like five, but uh, they said they said garbage in, garbage out, and I'm not putting anything on you, my brother. I'm just saying, like, what are we putting in ourselves? Because what we actually take in has a lot to do with what's going to come out of us. Like, if we're putting in. Like what John was saying, like if we if we're believing, man, Lord, I'm righteous, like I'm whole. I actually like I believe that. And if we put that inside of what we're coming, like what we're coming with, like what comes out of us is going to be yeah. like righteous and holy things. We've just had a lot more years of putting garbage in. <laughs> <laughs> Can I read something? Yeah. This is in the uh, the Passion Translation. It's in Romans 6. It just, I was just reading it and I thought, oh, it's so good. Sin is the throne monarch. You must no longer give an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So they refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness. Instead, 
passionately answer God's call to keep you yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now for his pleasure, ready to be used for his noble purpose. Remember this, sin will not conquer you, for God already has. You are not governed by the law, but by the reign of the grace of God. What scripture is that? That's Romans 6, uh, 6 verse 12. That's in the, the pa passion. passion Translation. So passionate. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that. Yeah, just what what God was trying to say today is like all you know, that first bit, obviously about the the milk and the meat. We're supposed to crave this milk like newborn babies. We're supposed to cry out for it. Like you need it to live. Like and you need it every single day, every single day. Just like the uh, Israel in the in the wilderness, the manna came down from heaven, right? So their food literally came from heaven. Like God just put it on their doorstep every day. And how much could they take? They could take as much as they wanted for the day. And if they took any extra, it rotted away and they had maggots running through it and they couldn't eat it, right? That is a picture of God's word now. We need it every single day. It's not that that stuff rots away, but you can't live on old stuff, on old stale bread. You need fresh bread every day. Have you ever been to... Anywhere where there's a bakery around and you can just smell fresh bread. Mm. Like this, like doesn't matter if you're full, like you want to go and buy some. Like, yeah, and yesterday's so is just nah. Yeah, no, <laughs> no one wants yesterday's bread. You know what they do at bakeries? They chuck that in the bin. Oh. All that, like. That's terrible. So much. <laughs> they chuck in the bin all the time. No one wants old bread. No one craves that stuff. Okay. Just seeing how much excuses we use to, to say that we're broken, that we can't do it, or we're not capable, and that reality is that we are all that John just said. We are made new, we are whole, like we are set apart and holy. And, and yeah, I just felt like the Lord inviting us to really take time and ask Him Is there anything in me? anything in me that I'm doing that doesn't go with if with the Bible there's anything that I'm doing towards someone or yeah even towards myself that does not please God and being able to be on that place and leave that doubt and trusting that God can do something with that I sometimes like we we give things but not really but the reality is that if we truly give it to him, he can do something with that. Yeah. And, and yeah, I just feel like he inviting us all to, to really stop and ask him, God, show me there is anything in me that does not please you, Lord. There is anything that I'm doing that does not go with the word of God. How am I uh, like relating to others and relating to myself even and relating to you? How 
it, yeah, like is it is there anything? And let him speak to you. Like don't wait just for five minutes and then you don't hear anything and you're like, okay, I knew that he wouldn't say anything. <laughs> just like goes on, you know. But be aware, be aware mm -hmm. what what he's speaking because he uses things mm -hmm. and he he will probably use people. He will mm -hmm. use the word of God. Um, he can use so many things. So yeah, give that space to him and invite him in. He he does he definitely do not want to leave us as he found. And yeah, I was sharing even with Becky yesterday. I was like Becky, there is nothing, nothing that we can do that will make love like God love us more or less. Mm. He just loves us, but he will never leave us as he found it. Because it's impossible for us to have a relationship with God, and and don't grow li like to look more like Him. Yeah. Like mm. that would be the result of a relationship with God. You don't look more like Him, yeah. and that's what He wants to do with all of us. But for that, we need to give a open heart and a space for Him to come and to take whatever does not come from Him. Um, mm. Yeah. So be on that place. No, don't let that be just a five minutes and if it, nothing comes and then you're just like oh yeah sure mm -hmm. like no just be on that place constantly day by day every day ask him daily if there is anything that has been like deceiving me god what am i seeing what am i hearing what am i smelling what am i saying what am i touching what is what is happening like am i allowing sin to come in and and yeah, like he he calls for for holiness and to be set apart and he can heal with the pain at all. We don't don't have to pay it again. Right? So yeah, just for sharing that. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Take that out take that through the week and mm -hmm. yeah, think about that as let's let's make it our homework. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Think about that. Ask ask God. Talk to yourself in the mirror in the shower, like mm -hmm. Lord, help me. Like, I want, I want to believe. I want to believe what you're saying and show me if there's, if there's anything that I'm holding on to that I need to get rid of. Very, very good. So, like, there's so many, so many, so many promises in, in God's word. Like, I'm, I'm just going to list off a few of them here and then read one scripture and then we'll, it'll be finished. But there's a, uh, so I have these I am promises, right? So, and I have a little uh, disclaimer at the front of my own list here. It says, most of God's promises have a condition. If you don't meet that condition, it reveals that you do not believe yet. Therefore, that, promises does not, that promise does not take hold. So you have to, to get saved, you got to make a decision. You know, <laughs> you know, it's not just like whatever. Like you got to believe in your heart. And then when you believe in your heart, you're saved. And then you confess with your mouth, you know, and you can't help it. Right. So I'm just going to go through a, a few of these. So I am, I am once I'm, these are promises. Uh, a believer. I'm a new creation. I'm sanctified and set apart. Holy child of God. I'm a saint. I'm a son of God. I'm anointed and qualified to preach the gospel. I'm a brother of Christ, a priest, a friend of God, alive in Christ, born again, 
born again as a fulfillment of his promise, and that's what you're reading, not by the law, by, not by the law or own attempt. I am bold. I am clean and pure. I'm chosen. I'm dead to the power of the law. I'm delivered. I'm free from sin. I'm healed from every disease. I'm holy and blameless. I'm justified. I'm righteous. I'm shielded from harm. And then a bunch of I have promises. I have a clean and clear conscience. I have all that I need. I have assurance of salvation. I have a new heart. I have a spirit and power and a sound mind. I have authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease and sickness. I have all wisdom and understanding. It's Ephesians 1.8. I have eternal life. I've escaped from corrupt desires. I'm favored. I have healing power. I have a new nature. I have partnership with a divine nature. I have the Holy Spirit in me and on me in power. I have peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, grace. Hmm. And in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ are amen, which means yes, ascending to God for his glory. So yeah, God thinks you guys are pretty great. <laughs> Promised all these things and that's how he sees us. He never, ever, ever looks at us by our old nature, our old self or what we used to do or what we thought we were or whatever. Like, No, we were never actually the sinners that we thought we were. Who we actually were were lost sons and daughters of God. We were sons and daughters from the beginning. And we were just lost. And Jesus had to come to die because we sinned, not because we're sinners. Because we sinned, because we were separated from the Father and we couldn't get to him by ourselves. And you don't pay something, don't pay for something that's really valuable for nothing. Like the Son of God died for us. He was extremely valuable because he thought we were extremely valuable. And when we were sinners, when we were against him, when we didn't want anything to do with him, when we just wanted our way. So, yeah, I hope that you guys got something out of that. And I do pray that we just take what we heard here and live it out. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Be that bold person doing open air just don't get it in your head just walk out there and start talking just anything you walk up to somebody you see someone and you all of a sudden you just for whatever reason have compassion on this person like today I was just I was getting my tire fixed at the shop and this 95 year old man was sitting beside me just talking my ear off just talking 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I tried to pray for him and he was sitting right here he couldn't hear a word I was saying I repeated myself like seven times <laughs> and he's like yeah like, I, I don't know what I said but he, he just was just going on talking <laughs> but like people will do that and they'll, they'll, they'll talk to you instead of the person on their right or their left and it's on purpose because God's in you
So let's uh, let's do let's let's do the meat. Let's let's grow up in our faith and mm-hmm. and walk out what what Jesus says that we can do, mm-hmm. and take that mm-hmm. take that challenge from Grazi to just keep talking to God and ask Him what's stopping me, what's holding me back, and purpose to get rid of it. Like do it on purpose. Like I do it quite often on purpose. I, I ask God that. Like what's taking my time away from you? Mm-hmm. And I get rid of those things. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things have to do with my phone. Mm-hmm. And I delete those apps and get rid of that. And just like I only have the Bible. So that's the only thing that I can press. <laughs> Seriously. I de- deleted all the Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and whatever. Like, there's only the Bible app here and a different Bible app and, and different books in the Bible. And like, that's all I can press. So when I'm bored, I gotta read that. Or just, you know, forces you into the mode that you want to be in. So, all right, I'm just gonna pray and then you can go. Lord, I thank you so much. We love you so much, Lord. I pray that we would, all of us, God, would come to come to that perfect realization of how much you love us. I know that we all love you in the best way that we know how, Lord, but I ask that you would show grace and mercy on us, Lord, that we would be able to walk out the things that our desire actually want to do. Thank you, Lord, that we are bold and courageous. I thank you, God, that we don't have a spirit of timidity or fear. That's not our spirit. That's a different spirit that's not ours. It's not of God. We have a spirit of love and power and a sound mind, a disciplined mind, God, so we can do exactly what we want to do. We have that already, and I thank you, God, for your promises that they are yes and amen and have been fulfilled. I thank you, God, that we have everything we need to live a godly life, to live life godly, like you do, God, like you did when you walked this earth, Jesus. We thank you so much, Lord, that we're not second place, God, that we're right there beside you. You're no longer the only begotten son. You're the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Thank you, God, that you're a brother. You walk beside us, and you're in us, and you're on us, and you compel us to walk in love, Lord. And I ask that you would help us all this week to dig deeper and love you. Love you like you're the only person in the world, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.